Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Last week, took the week off of, uh, you know, the usual football predictions. A little bit busy. Still posted it on the blog. But this week, we're back at it. Pac-12's coming back this week. Um, Got some incredible matchups throughout the country. Another great NFL Sunday football coming at us. And to discuss that with me, all the way from Alabama, we have Mr. Phil, is it Seidel? It's Seidel. Seidel. I didn't that's what I would I didn't want to mess it up, but I butchered it. I'm nah, sorry. Nah, you good. We got Phil on the podcast. Phil, how are you doing? Doing well today. Glad to be here. Glad to talk sports. You know, break up the day from being bored at school. So happy to be here. Yeah. I feel you there. So we'll start off, uh, we'll go Saturday to Sunday, start off with college football. Before we get into some of the game-by-game predictions, I mentioned it, the Pac-12's back. And what are some things I know, obviously you got the Alabama ties, might not uh, have as much westward, but are there a couple things you're looking forward to uh, with the return of the Pac-12? Yeah, looking at these games and some of these teams, like, I get it's only the first week, but I feel like some of these teams have been out, are out of the top 25, but I feel like that should be. Like, usually Washington State's a good team. Washington's a good team. Arizona State's decent, and there's only two out of the out of all the Pac-12 teams that are in the top 25, but I get it's first week play. They play each other, so definitely going to be a big shakeup, I feel like, about that. And, of course, the Oregon-Stanford game, biggest one, I would say, out of that. And... So I'm kind of happy to see how they play. So isn't one of them? Nah. No, I thought one of them was playing on Friday night, but they're not, so. Yeah, no, I think it's all Saturday this week. I know Pac-12 will start doing some week games, but I think it's all Saturday this week. Um, Yeah, so for me, I'm a little bit more of a Pac-12 guy. Um, Rep the maroon and gold Arizona State. Looking at some guys I'm excited to watch, you have Oregon State. I've talked about him a little bit before, Hamilcar Rashid, one of the most under-the-radar pass rushers in all of college football. He even slipped my mind. Last year he had 14 sacks, led the conference up there in the nation. You don't think of uh, really anything too great from Oregon State outside of the occasional wide receiver, but... He's an absolute stud. He's gonna he'll be a relatively high pick in the NFL. I'm super excited to watch him, you know, under more of a microscope this year. Got Oregon, the presumptive favorite. I'm very interested to see how Tyler Shaw plays, expected to be the starting quarterback, following Justin Herbert. And Herbert wasn't he never really reached that status of top quarterback in the country in terms of numbers, but he was a heck of a player. Um, provided stability for Oregon. We haven't really seen a lot from Shao. He's thrown 15 passes in his college career. So he, if he steps up, this is a very good Oregon team that can easily run the table. Then lastly, in terms of players to look for, I'm looking at Grant Gunnell, quarterback at Arizona. Don't care for the school, but Grant Gunnell's an absolute stud. D 
didn't get the playing time he deserved because, for whatever reason, Kev- Kevin Sumlin kept going back to a not-good Khalil Tate. But freshman year, threw nine touchdowns to only one interception, 65% completion percentage, big arm, has some wide receivers. Not, I mean, Arizona doesn't play defense, but they have a couple guys on offense, so I'm super excited to see how he does. And if I had to throw out my predictions... I have Oregon winning the Pac-12 over, and look, I'm fine with admitting I'm biased, but I have Oregon winning it uh, over my Sun Devils in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I would I would put Oregon up top, and I'm actually excited to see how the new QB plays because Herbert was good, but Oregon always has the style of offense that kind of bre- tries to breed the QB style like in the NFL, and you can see Herbert. He's like doing very well there now. And but he wasn't the over the top QB that everybody thought he would be. So hopefully this guy will just balance what they need. I don't think did they lose any running backs or wide receivers in the draft this year? Um, they still have CJ Verdell. I want to say they bring back most of the offense outside of Herbert. Obviously, offensive line Panay Sewell opted out. So that's a, I mean that's a pretty big one. But they still they breed offensive linemen. You got Mario Cristobal, offensive line guy. I think they really maintain most of the core outside of Justin Herbert. Yeah, they they should be good, and then that they they're gonna trust that QB. I mean, it's it's Oregon. They always have a good, solid quarterback, and I mean, I want to see how USC does this year. I mean, always rated high, and they could they always are expected to do very well, but you never know. I mean, they lost Pittman. They lost a couple offensive people. Um, their QB, I couldn't even tell you who the QB is. He's a he was a young wasn't he a freshman last year? Yeah, Slovis. He's very good. Yeah, yeah that's why like nobody really knew he was a true freshman. But so this year could be his year, and I mean playing just Pac twelve, he could show off and hopefully do well for them, make a run at it for the playoffs because they are starting late in the season and they're definitely going to play a shortened season that can be huge depending on who they play or who they like actually beat and how badly they beat them but i mean i'd watch out for washington state and washington they're always usually decent ucla and they always can there's always a surprise game that some that happens in the pac-12 that nobody ever thinks and it can ruin somebody's season just like that oh yeah it's totally pac-12 cannibalism totally real um should be really, really exciting. You know, not the best brand of football in the country. but you And you kind of alluded to it with USC. These teams, they're going to have to, if you want a chance at the playoff, which you think of Oregon and possibly USC as the main, you know, chances, you're going to have to win every single game with style because you're going to have at least one team from the SEC, possibly two, um, depending, obviously, I'd probably pencil in Alabama right now. You got some work in the on the other side of the conference. Then you're gonna have. I think you pencil in Ohio State. You know yeah. you're gonna have at least one of Clemson, Notre Dame. Who we'll get to discussing that later. And so that's three locks with still another SEC team, another you know the loser of Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, as well as the Big Twelve. Who it was a big loss for Oklahoma State. Put their chances a little lower. But the Pac-12 is ultimately looking from the outside, and they're going to need massive performances to get back in. Yeah, they're going to think, like, one loss can ruin anybody's season. It's it's going to be crazy. It's yeah. It's going to be crazy. And especially how late they're starting in the season, 
like you could go i mean even undefeated and like playing only a couple games they might not be like in just because it's oh you only beat all your teams by a field goal or one point you're not really like worthy enough to be in a the playoff situation when you can barely beat teams in the pac 12 when sec has been playing only sec teams that have been ranked teams all year yeah that's what it's going to come down to the question of we might be faced with let's say oregon runs the table you have a seven and oh oregon going up against like uh one or two lost georgia or florida it's a legitimate question that's why the sec you know, people say that there's this bias towards the SEC. There's a reason. It's because the SEC plays at a much higher level. You're not getting the same strength in the Pac-12. So, or even or even you look at Texas A&M. It looks like Texas A&M could very easily run the table and not... Alabama has the tiebreaker over them, so they would, by you know, by default, not win the South. You have a one-loss Texas A&M team that isn't going to be playing in a conference championship but only lost to a you know possible playoff contender in Alabama going up against an undefeated Oregon team. You have all these scenarios, and yeah, it's possible the Pac-12 gets there, but it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, they're going to need they're going to need especially because it doesn't help with the out of conference games that will help some of these teams that they'll play that maybe could beat somebody bigger in an out of conference game that could slip them in the top twenty five and help help a win with that. But since they're only playing conference teams, some of these teams could just just be terrible or half of them could be terrible and yeah like you said Oregon could just win it all and you just have one a one loss team and go dang like we can't even do anything about that because half half the conference is just terrible yeah but I mean you look at LSU they're down they have three losses and like they're out of it it's a terrible year but they've lost to ranked teams and like they could, you could never think they could win out, have three losses, and still maybe play it a okay or a, a bowl game, and people will get mad. But it's just how who they lost to and how they lost. Mhm. I'm not wearing it right now. I want to say I wore it yesterday. I wore my Alabama shirt that said "It just means more." <laughs> I mean, it's true. Say what you want. Hate on the SEC. It's all true. But hopping into some of the uh, games. We got a, a not on the slate, but going on right now, Wednesday night, you got the Maction. Um, don't, again, don't have that on the slate, but if you're bored of uh, politics and such, you know, we'll watch some of the Mac. Nothing like good Wednesday night football. I'm looking at the games right now. It doesn't look like any games. I don't know. Maybe the Central Michigan-Ohio game would probably be the best one, but actually Toledo's usually pretty decent, but... I don't know how they're doing this year. Oh, it's their first game. So that yeah. Be, is there usually Toledo is always a contender? Yeah, I feel like Toledo's usually pretty solid. Um, they're, they're usually not a contender for the playoffs, but uh, to play somebody in a decent bowl, they're usually always there. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's all, you know, MAC isn't a great conference in the slightest. It's just there's always some form of chaos when you're playing Wednesday night football. Oh, yeah, something might go down that could be fun just to watch. Again, there's nothing to do. Uh, basketball's gone, you know. There's no baseball anymore, so. Yeah, I mean, in- inject more football in my veins. I'm here for it. But, okay, so actually starting to get into some of the game predictions. This one's a Friday night game. I think both of these first two are. Got number 11, Miami, 10-point favorites on the road at North Carolina State. What are you thinking? I like that. 
Um, Miami's playing great this year, and but the thing is, NC State's not playing bad. They just had a couple. They've had a couple like bad losses against ranked teams. They got crushed by UNC earlier in the year when they were, and they've been injury plagued. I've heard. They were on like they've on like their third string QB. That's what their starting guy Devin Leary got hurt, and then they've gone back and forth with uh, Ryan Finley's little brother as well as um, the former starter Bailey Hawkman. Yeah, they they've been they've been up in the air about it, but I've seen them getting crushed. But Miami looks great. Didn't no Miami had trouble though last week. They yeah they that's what last week I was I saw the line for last week's game and I was like that's got to be a gimme and yeah, they ended up Miami they still beat Virginia they still beat, yeah. but they still beat UVA but I was very surprised that they only won by five I thought because like you I would think the this like the line would have been like very high especially they're at they're at UV they're at home so it's home against UVA. UVA is not a terrible team, but they're they're on and off every year. You never know how good they are, and it looks like Miami would be the a contender in the ACC, depending on you know Notre Dame and Clemson going down, depending on how this game matches up. So, but yeah, I was very surprised that they won by five. I was expecting them to be up by at least like two to three touchdowns on them. Yeah, I guess actually I think I messed up. I don't. Maybe they had the week off last week, but I think I actually referenced the game the week before. But I'm with you. I like Miami a lot um, for this game. NC State when they're fully healthy, I think they're a pretty good under the radar team. But NC State's defense looked ab- absolutely awful against North Carolina, and Miami's gonna bring another high powered offense with Derek King. And the NC State offense just really hasn't been able to do anything without Devin Leary. So I think Miami big. Last time, you know, I saw Miami with a spread only around 10 against a team I thought they'd clobber. Didn't go well, but I'm taking them big. Something, I'll say 31-13 Canes. I'd say 28-10. Gotcha. I'd say 28-10, but yeah, NC State, they, they just don't look good right now. Their offense is not doing well, so I take Miami up. Big defense, all you know, always the U has a big D, so big defense, so they're gonna definitely clobber them, especially if they're not set at the quarterback position. It's not gonna be good for them. Yep. Next, I I reference this. I think this is another Friday nighter. Number nine, BYU. They have one of the top Heisman contenders, Zach Wilson. They're going to number twenty-one, Boise State. This this is this is for both of these teams. They're I think make or break for the season. I get Boise State has only played two games, but this is a out of conference game that they need. Like, and same with BYU, it's an out of conference game that they need because they have the only other people in their conference are it's Liberty and Army, and Army already accepted to go to their like military bowl, so it, they don't even matter in that. So Liberty's undefeated at, at twenty five, so I don't I don't know when they play each other. I think uh, I don't think they actually play Liberty. They played Navy. I don't think they actually play Liberty. I think they're just both independents. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, so. They don't play, but this is huge for BYU, especially with QB. If he wants to make his mark on the, on to be a Heisman finalist, at least, this is a big game for him. Like He needs to put up some numbers 
for the team for BYU. I mean, they've been doing very well against teams. So, like, I didn't think BYU would actually be this good this year, honestly. They have been thrashing teams. I get that they're not playing the toughest opponents, but still putting beating teams by – they beat Navy by 50 points. They're beating Troy by 41. They're beating – like, the, their offenses just can't be stopped right now. But going against a ranked team of Boise State, Boise State's always good. They're always known just to have a decent team. Their offense is always good. I, their their uh, QB is decent this year, I've seen. That's what I'm, it's interesting because the guy who started game one, I believe, Hank Bachmeyer, he didn't travel for their second game last week, but they have kid who transferred from USC who lost the job to Keaton Slovis, uh, Jack Sears. So, yeah, that's who I saw. I saw Sears is playing, and but I did not know that he did not start game one. Yeah, no, I think ba- yeah, Bachmeyer started game one. He was a he's a sophomore. I'm in, so, I'm not sure what the deal is there as to who's starting, but either way, two very talented and capable yeah, capable I guys. To, I was about to ask, like, are they? So I I didn't know they were fighting for position. So that you know. Puts it up in the air, but again, it's Boise State at home. Boise State is very tough, though, so I, I, good luck to BYU on that one. Yeah, this is a, this is a massive toss-up, and you have uh, Florida and Georgia, you have Clemson and Notre Dame, but this is going to be a fun one. Especially on a Friday, like... Uh, you got a Friday night... You're playing bluegrass. You got Moxie, Zach Wilson. And there's a lot of talent. These are possibly the two best non-Power 5 teams. Oh, yeah, of, of course. This is why it's great to see them play. And and great to see that they're going to play because they both know that BYU's, this is their eighth game. They This is probably the biggest, this is the biggest game of the season for them. They win this, they secure... They, they're definitely secured for a good spot and know that the rest of their season isn't going to be that tough. Yeah. I got – so this one, it's really a toss-up, but I really, really like Zach Wilson. And it's going to be tough. They're road favorites, but I there's just something about BYU this year. So it's tough to bet against Boise State on their home blue turf. But I am gonna take the BYU Cougars. I'll say thirty-four to thirty. I would go just because Boise State is home. I would take Boise State thirty-five to twenty-eight. Yeah, definitely gonna be a fun one. Definitely some scoring. Yeah, I I would say high scoring because. BYU's offense going off all the time, and the QB for BYU will know that this is his big game that he's got to do. He's got to do well. Like Zach Wilson's got to do well. This will be a big Heisman, a Heisman watch for him. Yeah, I'm with you. Next game, another ranked matchup. Got number 23 Michigan, three and a half point road favorites against number 13 Indiana. I. Did not think I would ever see Indiana this high up in the rankings ever. Honestly, they are up super big. Their impressive win against Penn State. Um, I'm surprised that they're 13 though, especially 
they beat Rutgers the week bef- the last week. I wouldn't think that would allot them to being 13. But I think Michigan – I have Michigan on this one, I would think. I'm going Michigan. That's just, like, my opinion just because Michigan had a tough loss against Michigan State. Harbaugh knows that he needs to win out the rest to at least have a chance knowing that Ohio State is going to – they play Ohio State the last game of the season – yeah, they, they need to win out. And I think after a last a tough like tough loss against Michigan State, they're going to come out and prove to everybody in the Big Ten that they can play again and beat a Indiana team that I think is overrated right now. Yeah, I think I mean I think it's a pretty good Indiana ball club and people they you know they've been considered a sleeper in the Big Ten. I still think they're a good team, but there's they're not the thirteenth best team in the country. I, um, I would. I, I I give them like top twenty five for beating Penn State, yes, but thirteen out of two games in the last team they played was Rutgers. And in a question, you know, I I in a questionable ending to their game against Penn State. Oh, there's been that that will be debated for a long time. So so to give them the thirteen, and there's some teams that are definitely better that are ranked like top that are ranked after them. Yeah. I think that loss against Michigan State was incredibly embarrassing for Michigan, but I still think they're a pretty solid team. So three and a half on the road against an Indiana team that I think is a little bit overrated. I got Michigan. I think they'll cover twenty-three to seventeen. I say Michigan twenty-four uh, twenty-one. Yep. In a, it's gonna it's gonna be a close game. Yeah. Um, but since at away, I don't know the policy for. Uh, people in there, but I feel like it's going to be an empty stadium. They're both from cold places. I don't think the weather will affect it. They don't know how to play. So, yeah, but I think Michigan will take them, and that will just be a huge win for Harbaugh and them, so he can actually at least have chance to do something in the Big Ten this year, because Ohio State looks uh, looks pretty scary this year. Yeah, with you. Next... Got my Arizona State Sun Devils. They're 10.5-point underdogs headed to the Coliseum to face off against the number 20 USC Trojans. What are you thinking? It's a toss-up. I think that's a toss-up because you never know with USC. USC is – everybody says USC is so good. Everybody says USC is – they have them ranked. Like, they're like, oh, we got – they got good recruits coming in. They're coaches. But you never know with them. And Arizona State – They've had their years. They haven't. They haven't been anything over the top good. But you see them coming into the top twenty-five, beating big teams. So, and it's the first game of the season. So you never know. I, 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 I'd say it's a toss-up. I wouldn't have a choice right now because I'm not too familiar with both of the teams, and I'm not a huge USC fan just because I think they're always overrated. So, I would have to see. But I would push for the underdog, so I would probably actually say Arizona State just because the underdog, just because they are the underdogs. But I think they're definitely equally matched. Yeah, I think so. Outside of my personal bias and why I'm gonna take ASU, I think ten and a half is a pretty. I, I think that's a bit high. I get USC being the home favorite, but I think ten and a half definitely. I take. I take ASU spread, and then look. I could go on all day about ASU and the state of the team. But it's as simple as this. Jaden Daniels is going into year two. Same with Keaton Slovis. But 
it's Jaden Daniels' team now. He lost he lost his running back, Eno Benjamin. He lost a couple receivers in Brandon Ayuk and Frank Tar or Brandon Ayuk as well as Kyle Williams. But there's a lot of talent on this ASU offense. And Jaden Daniels, I, I and I'm biased, but I just really like him over Keaton Slovis because of his playmaking ability with his legs. So I think a couple big plays from Jaden Daniels. This ASU team quietly has a very good defense, not necessarily the MO in Tempe. But a pretty good defense. They have some great defensive coordinators new this year. Whole new offensive coordinator as well. I think this ASU team can get it done. They're obviously USC's the more talented team in almost every game USC plays. They're gonna be the more talented team. But I like the I like the Sun Devils to make a couple big plays, knock off USC, and uh, maybe they're they're known for uh, fire get their games have fired many of USC's last coaches. They uh they were part of the reason with Kiffin, same with Sarkeesian. Uh we'll see if they do it with Houghton, but I got ASU thirty one twenty seven. I think giving USC ten, a ten point is generous for them. Not knowing the state of the team, yes, everybody thinks USC is probably has a decent team. But you never know how they play. USC has had multiple years where their team has looked very good. They have great recruits. They have good coaching and everything but they just don't play that well so first game of the season especially after all this i would i would not put 10 points 10 point what is it 10 and a half yeah 10 and a half yeah i would not give it to them so i w- i would go like sun devils because yes they always seem to upset people now it's always funny to see the uh, usc lose because i think they're always highly overrated because I don't know, just because of their days when they had Reggie Bush and everything, they think there's like gods at that point. But yeah. put it, I put it at. I think it's generous, but I, I would take the underdogs ASU. I think ASU beats them. I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think it's like forty two to thirty five. I would put it at. I, I love it. Game. I could think. I could see it being a high scoring game. First game of the year. Like nobody. Like, everybody just, you know, there could be some breakdowns. I feel like it does it in the NFL. Everybody just has, like, mental breakdowns and or has just, like, like brain farts. So could be a high-scoring game. I take Arizona State, though, just because that's a generous 10-point, 10-and-a-half-point favorites for them. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you. And, of course, the Pac-12 being the awful, awful conference they are. This is, I mean, basically the biggest – it is the biggest game in the South for this year – and it's the first weekend at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, I guess, Ooh. at least here. So, 9 o'clock in the morning for... It's 11, it's 11 o'clock here, so that's a little bit better, but... It's, it's and I mean, it's, it, they're, they're in Pac-12. They're just miles behind everyone else. But here, I think let's uh, speed run through some of these middle tiers so we can get to the big guys like Florida and Clemson. Next, we got uh, West Virginia. They are six-and-a-half-point dogs going to number two or number 22, Texas. Who do you have? Um, Texas. I, I think they're I think they're getting back on track. Elgar's looking good. Their offense is getting back on. Their defense has stepped up in the last couple games. I take Texas. Yeah. Not a not a particularly great West Virginia team. This isn't Will Greer a couple years ago and those guys who I loved. I got Texas, uh, by two touchdowns. Yeah, it's a little disappointing for WVU coming off like their past couple years, but you know, how it is. Yeah. Next, got number 25, Liberty. 14.5-point dogs on the road against Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. I uh, I have no clue 
just because I've never seen Liberty play. I don't know who they really playing. They are undefeated, I heard. Virginia Tech has lost a couple bad games lately, uh, but I'll go underdogs and take Virginia Tech at home by, by a touchdown. Yeah, so this is interesting. I really don't know a lot about Liberty, but they've played well. They've done it with uh, Hugh Freeze. And, I mean, they're 14.5-point underdogs on the road against the Virginia Tech team that's been up and down. They have a couple guys that have played well. They've gone back and forth with some coronavirus issues. I mean, last time a a random school went to Virginia Tech was Old Dominion, and Old Dominion beat them. And this Liberty team is apparently a pretty good team, so I'll take Liberty. That's nice. Yeah, they've been struggling with the corona I hear up there, so. Yeah. But, but I, I just think at home, Virginia Tech's just going to do it, but I take I may take deck by um, a touchdown, but I would love to be surprised by Liberty. Yeah. Next, this is one of the games we can definitely spend a little more time talking about. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party, the number eight Florida Gators, Head to Jacksonville neutral site to square off with the number five Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia's a three and a half point favorite. Take it away, Phil. This is this is what we love to see from SEC ball. So we love. These are the games that every SEC kid who goes to the school or fan wants to see. These games like this that are finally coming up and matching up. I I think Florida is very good. I their QB is looking phenomenal to me to like coming out of what everybody thought he was nobody had high remarks about him everybody thought he wasn't going to do that well but he's been playing very well their fluke loss to A&M if I'm not yeah it was A&M yeah yeah their fluke loss A&M at home but I think I, I do like Florida but Georgia is of course just an out, outstanding team they have their – I think they're still having troubles in the quarterback spot, though, at Georgia. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't know who they're going to turn to. I haven't seen I – I don't – I think Stetson started last week, but I don't know – I don't think JT Daniels played at all, so I, I don't know what's going on there. I think Dewan Mathis was the one who actually came in. They, they say they, they have it figured out, but I do not think they have it figured out. And yeah. I think they're, they're, they're very concerned because if you think about it, at this point, um, when Fromm left, they should have had Justin Fields sitting there waiting for him. They should. I mean, it's like they should have, but, but that, that didn't work out. So they're probably, they're just very, they're, they're very worried because it's not working out. They are winning games. I give it to them. But 14 to 3 against Kentucky, that's, that's something. Georgia is probably like, yes, we got the win, but putting up 14 points is not what their offense is known for. No, it's not. And, okay, I'm looking at I actually don't think – doesn't look like we saw anything from Mathis. But, yeah, it's interesting. There must be something really up with JT Daniels because beginning of the year, it started off that he wasn't medically cleared yet, so Dewan Mathis started game one. They put in Stetson Bennett because Mathis wasn't effective. And then since that Alabama game – Stetson Bennett has been bad. So yeah, he's, he's that he's not been playing well. He's not been playing well and you can just say 14 points on offense. That's all that really needs to And yeah, he he didn't throw a touchdown through two picks. And this Georgia defense is elite. Best defense in the country. 
by, I mean, Ohio State makes a case, but Georgia has the best defense in the country, in my opinion. And look, they're going up, the offense is going to be going up against a pretty awful Florida defense that hasn't been able to stop anyone. Oh, yeah, Florida's Florida's defense has been struggling, but Stetson being a junior, like, he should have, have his he should have his stuff down like honestly so then that's what this is this is a weird matchup you got florida who i consider to be a very very good offensive team and a weak defensive team versus a georgia team that is shown to be a relatively weak offensive team and a very strong defensive team so what i'm what i'm thinking on this one is i got the gators taking this one the spread um, they're three and a half point dogs. I'm taking them outright. 27-24 Florida. Some kind of balance of them getting a couple key stops, a couple big plays from, you know, the, the Kyle duo, Kyle Trask to Kyle Pitts, and sink Georgia's hopes and take control of the SEC East. Um, I do like Florida too. Just being more of a Bama fan, I would not like to face Georgia again. Just in case they get everything together, I think we could beat Florida a lot easier. Um, but I have Florida. I would take Florida by more. I think they would win by a touchdown. I think they would win 27-20. Yeah. It, sh- it should be a really fun one to watch. Game. They, got, they got a good – I mean, like, uh, Trask is playing well for Florida. They're, they're wide, their main wide receiver, Kyle Pitts, is showing very, very well, very good. And now it has to go up on Georgia's defense, as you can, as you said. It's going to be a big thing on Georgia's defense because if Georgia's offense doesn't produce and Georgia's defense, you know, does its job for the most part, but it it it's going to be tough for him. I feel like because I don't know. It's just looking at looking at Georgia's offense. They don't seem like they have anything going right. And Georgia Stevens will get tired. It's a it's an, a big SEC game. It's not like it's a it's a they're playing Missouri. They're playing like a, a Vanderbilt or something like that. They're gonna get worn down by by Florida's offense. Yeah. So, they, like this is a big game. This is a this is where you as a Georgia fan, if you're if you're you need your offense to step up and you need your your QB whoever it is for the rest of the year who could be for next year or something like that going into next year. This is where they need to step up for this game. To be like, okay, we're going to keep us in the contention to go to a playoff and beat a tough Florida team. Yeah, it's it's the thing about Georgia's offense, and it's honestly been like this for the last couple of years. Fromm had his big freshman year, but even, you know, his next two seasons, it's been so frustrating, or at least from, you know, just from an overarching perspective, it hasn't been talent deficiency. They just have not got consistently great quarterback play. And then, because all around them, there's plenty of talent. They're super talented at running back. They have Zamir White. They have the little brother, the little brother of Dalvin Cook, uh, James Cook. They have George Pickens, who's overrated as hell, but nonetheless is a very good wide receiver. They just, there's, they're just, if they can get that quarterback spot together, they're an elite, elite team. But you can't expect the defense to 100% carry them to a win against an offense like Florida, which they don't have an incredible ground game. But you got Kyle Trask throwing it up. You got Katarius Tony. You got Kyle Pitts. You got you got a number of guys. You got Trayvon Grimes. It's I, I like Florida. I think it'll be a good game. I wouldn't be surprised if it flipped the other way. But on paper, I definitely like the Gators. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm Gators. I'm Gators all the way for this one. Yeah. Next one, uh, we got Houston unranked going to number six, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a 13.5-point favorite. I am also another team that surprised me being ranked very high at six, Cincinnati. I didn't know they were that good. I didn't know their team was beating people that well, but... Of course, I'm just going to go Cincinnati. It's six Cincinnati. It's number six Cincinnati against Houston. Houston's not good this year. Yeah, I think yeah, this is an no-brainer for me. Cincinnati's been beaten like they. I I saw I watched them play SMU and they rolled over SMU. Yeah, they dominated SMU last week. They dominate. They beat Memphis by it was forty nine ten. That's what they've been scoring in the forties. Defense has been limiting them. And that's even with their quarterback Desmond Ritter hasn't even necessarily been super incredible. This is a really good Cincinnati team. Do I think in the grand scheme of things they're the sixth best team in the country? Probably not. But are they the best group of five team if you're not counting BYU as a group of five team? I think so, yeah. Yeah they 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 actually they have surprised me. Like I I didn't know they would be ranked as high, but beating teams they beat Army early in the year. That's that's a good win. Like beating SMU by that much at SMU was huge, and then beating Memphis so badly too because Memphis was at one point a top twenty five team. Me- yeah, that's what Memphis and SMU are two legitimate teams that yeah. both have high powered offenses that they limited to a combined twenty three points. It was it was that was yeah so. Of course, Cincinnati. I, what was the spread? How big is it? Thir- oh, 13 and a half. I'd say more. That's I, a, that, that sounds like a gimme to me. I have 48-24 Cincinnati. I'd, I'd say I'd say they, they up by like 24. Yeah. So I'd say like 30. 30. I wouldn't. I don't know. Like somewhere in the 40s, maybe. Honestly, like 42, like something like that. Like they're going to be. I think they're going to roll over them. Yeah. I wouldn't be concerned. Uh, this Purdue-Wisconsin game was canceled. Thank, thanks for the Rona Badgers. Next one, maybe you can shock me, but this seems like another kind of gimme. We got unranked Kansas going to number 19, Oklahoma. I thought I'd throw this one in here for fun. 38-point yeah. favorites in Norman. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. That is huge. Spencer Rattler's got his... Spencer Rattler's looking good. He looks like he's got his flow back a little bit. I... As much as I don't really like Oklahoma, I am high on Spencer Rattler. I think that kid is really good. I think he'll be within, because he's too young right now, but give him another year after next year, he'll go to the NFL. I think he'll be the, he'll be another one draft pick. Spencer Rattler's super good. Yeah. I think, I mean, this one, it's just a matter of if you can predict the exact score. It's kind of crazy that it feels oh, like yeah. 30, feels like 38's almost a gimme, you know? I think I think Oklahoma they they scored like forty at half against Texas Tech last week and this is an awful Kansas team. I'll say, I, I if I get this right, I expect major props sixty three to seventeen Oklahoma. I say fifty six to ten. Fair it's, enough. It's like I they're gonna crush them. I I they, but you know what? You never know. What if Kansas just surprised us, beats Oklahoma? That would be awesome. I would love to see that. I mean, it would be fun to see that, but, you know, a lot of people betting would not be happy. Yeah. Next, uh, number 14, Oklahoma State, 12.5-point favorites on the road at Kansas State. Kansas State's a good team. Kansas State dropped 
they dropped out of the top 25, but they they had been playing good earlier in the season. So they're at home. You never know. Oklahoma State is coming off a loss. And but Oklahoma State is good. And I they lost to WVU and they lost to Arkansas State. Kansas State is kind of buns, but I'd probably I would go Oklahoma State, but I think it would be closer than people think. I think if Kansas State is at full health, I'm with you, but I believe they're going to be down Skylar Thompson, their starting quarterback for this game. So I like Oklahoma State to bounce back from last week. Um, the cover is interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have them cover, though, win by two touchdowns, 34-20. to 20. Yeah, I think, I think they win by 10. I think they, they win 34-24. Um, to yeah, 24. yeah. I think they still, they still win, but I feel like there's some spots that will show up that they're like, oh, they're not playing that well. Like, you know what, every every time in the Big 12 something happens where, oh, they have commanding lead and then somebody comes back or something happens and they edge some more points and then, but Oklahoma State will, like, crush them still. Or at least just command, state, like, a commanding lead. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Next, yep. uh, the number seven, Texas, play. oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. They'll have, like, their fluke play or something where they get scored on, but that'll be it. yeah. Uh, next, you got number seven, Texas A&M Aggies. Nine and a half point favorites on the road against the South Carolina Gamecocks. I'd say bump that up. I'd say bump that up. I'd say they. I say Texas A&M went by more than two touchdowns or more to me. See, That's for me, good. sorry, continue, continue. I, I mean, I think they do just because South Carolina, yes, it's a decent team, but A&M is looking strong. And... And South Carolina has lost to LSU, so they beat Vanderbilt and Auburn. That's a big game, but Auburn, that was a fluke one. And they beat, they lost to LSU, who Auburn beat LSU by forty-five last week. Yeah. So, so, so um, I think A and M as a strong team goes in there and beats them by by fourteen or seventeen to me. I actually like South Carolina keeping this one close. I agree. I think this is a very good Texas A&M team, and they very well could run the table. Um, you got South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn ahead. I mean, none of those obviously are gimmies. It's the SEC, but they should be favored to win all of those games. I think South Carolina gives them a little run. This Texas this Texas A&M offense uh, throughout the time with Kellen Mond, every once in a while they have a little bit of a hiccup. I still have them winning and covering, but it'll be it'll be a little bit of a dirty game, some mistakes that they'll have to tune up. Something like 26-15 and I, I think uh first half they have like they give them a run like the same thing that they did to Bama like last year where it was like kind of close and everybody was like, "Oh man, South Carolina has a chance." But I think like first half I think it will be close and then second half Kelman and them will come out and realize they're the number seven team in the nation and playing for a spot. So we got to roll over them. Yeah. But I think I'd say they win. I'd say they win. It's like 30 to 17 or something like that. 30 yeah. to maybe, 30 to maybe, yeah, 17 or, or 14. Yeah. Um. So here, let's quickly go through these two because I want to make sure we get to the NFL in a decent amount of time. Got Stanford, 11-point uh, underdogs on the road at number 12, Oregon. Yeah, I take Oregon any day. Yeah, I, I, 
I like Oregon in this. I think uh, Stanford weirdly keeps it close first game. I think uh, Oregon still wins, um, but a little offensive hiccups at the beginning. Uh, I'll say 23-13 Oregon. I'd say 24-10 Oregon. I think it'll be a slow-scoring game, like you said. There's going to be some problems on both sides of the ball with offense for both teams, so I don't think it'll be that high-scoring. I think second half it will kick up, but they will. It will still be like a developmental like game for both the teams. Yeah, this next one it's a fun one. Doesn't have a line even on it. You got unranked Rutgers, the now now winless Rutgers, but unranked Rutgers going to number three Ohio State. I mean, it's so bad they didn't put a line on it. How bad do uh, the Scarlet Knights lose? Uh, well, it all depends when they pull fields, because. If, they, if they're crushing them going into half, depending if they're like, oh, we're up by 28 and a half, fields will not play. So, but I'd say I put it at like 40s. I put it in the 40s. That's just what, because, just um, because first half, because I feel like fields play first half because they want them to have reps and want them to do all that stuff and, and stay hot or at least play enough and be like, oh, we don't want you to go out, throw three TDs in the first quarter and then stay, and then just sit for the rest of the game. We want you to, just in case, like, use some more energy, be in more time so you know how the game can go on instead of when you get in the situation, we play a better team third and fourth quarter. Because has he played a full game? I don't I, – because I know that he got taken out in the first game that he played. He's I, think he, not, I think he played all of Penn State. Okay, then, yeah, there we go. But I knew he would – he's not going to play this full thing, but depending – First half, if if the, if the first half, if it's at twenty eight, I think it's at twenty eight. They'll be at like twenty eight like points, but I'd say in the forties. I think they're gonna crush them. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I think Rutgers might get a couple points. I said exactly if, uh, forty. I said fifty nine nineteen Ohio State. Yeah, I I'd say like fifty six to like thirteen. Yeah, and then the last one that we have alluded to the number one Clemson Tigers and the number four Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Fighting Irish five and a half point underdogs at home. And to be noted, um, Trevor Lawrence will not play in this game. It will most likely be the true freshman DJ Ugalele getting the start for the Tigers. He is good. He, I, like, I get he's no he's not Trevor Lawrence right now. I get that. But he is still a good player. I have seen he was on the show, the Netflix show. That's what he was when they followed uh the other kid uh, at Bosco when they yeah. Real Mitchell, he was the backup. But he like started over on Yeah, and, yeah, he started over. Like, it was funny cuz I was watching that like as I cuz I watched that like this winter, so that was like when he was getting committed to Clemson, he was, you know, the top quarterback before Bryce Young went over him. Yeah, I I watched that and I saw him. So, I mean, when you're six foot, he's like 6'4", 230, 6'5", 230. And yeah. he can slip ball 60, 70 yards. And he can run. He can run very well. So, I like them. I like, I like the team. He, again, he's no Trevor Lawrence, but he will fit into the scheme nice. But this is more for Notre Dame because people, if, if Notre Dame beats some people, like Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing, he's a true freshman, he's only played like one game, it's at Notre Dame, like all this stuff. But this is for more Notre Dame because 
this is the first season they're really playing competition almost every week in ACC. So, so they need this is the huge game to show out and be like, yes, we aren't just a fluke team that will go undefeated because we don't play in a, a tough division or conference, and we should be awarded into the playoffs every year because we go undefeated even though we don't play. We play in a different conference on ACC, but we could still be teams like Clemson if it comes down to it. Yeah. So for me, I agree. Obviously, you're you, when you are not playing with Trevor Lawrence, there's some form of a, a downgrade. But Ugalele is an absolute stud, and that close call with Boston College last week was not due to the offense; it was the defense. Um, Boston College very easily could have won that game, and we've seen that the last couple of years from Clemson, even just this year. They have a couple of those games that teams will take them down to the wire for a little bit, and they'll escape. This Notre Dame team, it's really it's not. Not a lot of big-name guys, not super sexy. Ian Buck, you know, mixed mixed bag on him. I don't know. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think, you know, he's not necessarily the best big-game quarterback. But for me, I, I think Clemson's luck runs out. I think Notre Dame scores just enough. And I, I'm not going to act like I don't really dislike Clemson. I, I don't like Clemson. I'm also not a fan of Notre Dame either, I think. Uh, I, I, I don't like either of them. Do I think Clemson's probably better than them in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. But I like Notre Dame at home, South Bend. Couple of plays, um, just big enough. And the underrated thing about Notre Dame and why they're always better than people think, it's because they're incredible in the trenches. They always have top offensive lines and defensive lines. So give me give me Notre Dame. Uh I'll I'll say thirty to twenty six fighting Irish. Um I will take, I probably think, as much as I don't like both teams, like you said, but I'm not, I also do agree what you said. I am do not like Notre Dame QBs. I never think they're that good. I never think they think they're overrated. So, but I think Clemson goes in there and wins by barely, barely. Field goal to win it. I think Clemson takes it 24-21 at the end of the game, goes in there and wins. I think Ugalele makes a great pass to get him into field goal range, and they win it off that. Yeah, definitely can see it. Getting into the NFL portion, let's um let's go through the game picks first, and then if uh I don't want this to go too long, so we'll go through the game picks, and then if we have some time after, we can talk about um some pretenders, contenders, surprises, and disappointments. Is that cool with you? Go with me. So, the Thursday night game, which apparently could be in the air. I think a guy for the Niners tested positive for the Rona. But we're going to go on as if all these games are going to be played. The Green Bay Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. I like that. Green Bay, I think Green Bay wins. I think Green Bay wins with wins um, by even more just because of uh, San Fran's injuries. It's just... They're just—it's just crippling for them. Yeah, this—I'm right in—I'm right in line with you. Even though Aaron Jones, I think, is out for the Green Bay Packers, I think that will, like, that does count as a loss for them. But I think they'll—they'll be fine. So I still think Green Bay will uh, win, and I think they win by more than three and a half, just because of San Fran's injuries. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I don't think the Packers are quite the... 
powerhouse or top team that they showed themselves to be at the very beginning of the season. But, the, I mean, the, this Niner team has not looked good, even fully healthy. The, well, I get, they have really haven't been fully healthy at all. But the state of their team, the offense just hasn't done anything significant. Jimmy Garoppolo, even if he's healthy, is just not a good quarterback. The defense, out on Nick Bosa having injuries, they're just not the same unit. And this this Packers offense, whether it's I, – I think – I know Jamal Williams um, is going to be out due to some corona issues. I think Jones is questionable. He, they already posted him out, I think. Oh, I really? Think for the game, yeah. I mean, do I trust my the fantasy app? No, but when they put an O next to him and there's no projected points, I kind of yeah. believe yeah, so, no, I get I'm just, it. So I'm like, oh man, I it like, it's probably a toss up, but I have no clue. But that, I mean, with those two out, that that does it poses a problem. But the defense of San Fran just just not look good. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco all around really has not impressed me at all. I don't think, and the Packers defense is incredible by any means, but. The Niners' offense just hasn't been able to get a lot to go. And I don't even necessarily know if it's going to be entirely a drop-off of quarterback play, but they're decimated with injuries. They're not going to have George Kittle. They're down to their, I mean, some of these running backs I have, I've just never heard of. They got my guy Brandon Ayuk. He's a stud, but I just don't think they're going to have enough success offensively. So I got the Packers 30-17. Uh, to 17. Yeah, that, I would take them. I would think, I think 35-20. Yeah. Uh, next, you got the Denver Broncos headed to Atlanta, square off with the Falcons. Falcons are four point favorites. Um, I I take Atlanta. Yeah, two, I. Two like bad teams, yes, but I take Atlanta because Atlanta plays better, more like more offensively. Denver did have a great comeback um, against the Chargers. But that's also routine against the Chargers, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of just no, in the Chargers' DNA. <laughs> yeah, but I think I would take Atlanta over them. Yeah, I think for me, I, I was – both of these teams, I actually were – I was high on both of them to begin the year, or at least before the year. I thought there was legit potential with both of these offenses. Denver's been injured, and then the Falcons have just continued to Falcon and – uh, just choke away games, but I I do like the Falcons as well. I think they get enough done. I'll say twenty seven twenty birds. Did they? Did they just do that today? What? Um, I just read that they shut down the Forty Nine ers. Shut down their facility today. Oh yeah, that's what I think. I think Kendrick Bourne got ruined. Yeah, he's. That's what they said. Yeah, so that'll that'll be up in the air, but you know. They're the player for him. Yeah. Uh, next game, I didn't see a line on this. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you saw anything different. But you got the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road at the lowly Dallas Cowboys. Pittsburgh at Dallas. I Pittsburgh should walk these guys. Like I think Pittsburgh should walk them. And I, I'm a Ravens fan, Maryland, all that. And they gave our defense a run for its money, and their offense looked great. Dallas is just decimated. They have no, nothing to do. Looks like their players just gave up. Like, Amari Cooper, one catch for five yards last week. Zeke, 
Zeke has not been playing well at all. Their O-line is just destroyed. Their defense is just pitiful. It's just kind of, it's just funny. It's kind of funny to laugh at because they just get beat so badly like by it. So I feel bad for Dallas because it, like without Dak, I don't, it's not like Dak could have like maybe brought the team to the playoffs or anything, but I feel bad. But I have I, I would have Pittsburgh winning by fourteen plus, maybe seventeen. I think Pittsburgh's gonna absolutely murder them. This is a Dallas yeah. team that they're gonna have a quarterback playing off the street uh, against a really incredible Steelers defense against uh, Ezekiel Elliott who's been uh totally neutralized this year. And that defense can't stop anyone. <laughs> so this is this is pretty easy to me. I think I just found um, Pittsburgh, the odds, Pittsburgh, two touchdowns. I'll take it all days. They'll, they'll kill them. I'll say 38 to I, 11. I, I would take two touchdowns. I would say, I'd say, I think they, I think Dallas doesn't score a lot. So I say they, they win 28, like seven. Yeah. This, uh, that should, that should be an ugly one. Yeah. I don't think Dallas scores much. And if they do, then good for them. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, next Got the Seattle Seahawks three-point road favorites against the Buffalo Bills. This is a great. This is going to be a great game. I feel like. I feel like this is probably the game. I would say this might be the game of the week. Might be game of the week. Yeah, I'd say this is game of the week. It's game of the week. So Seattle against Buffalo. This is very nice. I like this. I love Russell Wilson. He is a stud this year, and. And then having Lockett and Metcalf, and think he's doing all this without really a starting running back. Yeah, Carson's been banged up. Like Carson's been banged up. Hyde has been banged up. Um, they're that, on their third. That's straight. what I think. DJ Dallas was the primary back last yeah, week. He, he was DJ Dallas. Who I didn't. Who's DJ Dallas? Like, come on. So I love how he's doing it. Their defense is looking great. It, it looks spotty at some points. Depending who, I don't know why they like. It does look spotty. They're usually good for their defense, but it looks spotty. But it does hold up because it helps that Russell, like Russ and them, put up a ton of points every week, and their offense can't be stopped. Yeah, I um, I'm an absolute Bills hater. I hate the Bills. I'm a Jets fan. I hate Josh Allen a lot. That's why if we end up getting to it, I'll go deeper into why Josh Allen is not good. But. I also just think this is an elite Seahawks team that let, let I'm, here. Let me pull this up. Their lowest scoring output was twenty seven, and other than that, every game has been above above thirty. So they can outscore. They can just outscore them purely, as well as I think the defense comes together against against Josh Allen, who this it, it's just factual that he has struggled in bigger games. So I think a couple turnovers and it's Seahawk domination. I'm taking Seattle big. I'm saying 37-17 Hawks. I I, I want to say they win big, but I think it'll be a little bit closer. I think they win by 10. I'd say or less. I actually I'd say I say 30 to 20. I'd say that's what the score is going to be. I say it's going to be pretty high scoring and I think that the Bills will probably get some garbage points at the end. So, yeah, I would say by 10, 10 or 13, I would say Seattle wins just because of the pure of their offense and 
Josh Allen, like you said, doesn't play well in big games. His offense hasn't been playing that well. John Brown has been hurt. He does. He's coming off an injury. He is back this week, but he is coming off an injury. Um, Singletary and Moss are splitting splitting time with the carries, but it, neither of them are looking that good. So their offense is struggling a little bit. Their defense is holding up, but with Russell and DK and Lockett and all of them, I think, yeah, the Seattle wins by 10 to 13. Yeah, I mean, that three, only three points, I get it. You're on the road in Buffalo, but especially for this year, it's not that same effect. I, I'd hammer that on Seattle. Um, next, we got the Chicago Bears head to Tennessee, square off with the Titans. Titans are five-and-a-half-point favorites. I, I like that. Um, I think Titans had a fluke game last week. Um, they, I mean, losing to the Bengals isn't happy. I feel like they're pretty upset about that one. They're definitely going to come back. And I don't think Chicago is that good. I don't. I've never, I'm not, I'm never huge of Chicago either just because everybody hypes them up, all their fans hype them up. They think they're fucking... They think they're good. They think they're really good and everything. So I think I think they go into Tennessee and get destroyed. I'm not familiar. They're they're what, their rush is their rush defense good? It is decent, isn't it, this year? Yeah, I mean look, they pose a decent defense. But and I talk about this a lot with the Titans. It's not just you know what Derrick Henry literally does on the ground, which is typically dominate. It also forces defenses to stack the box and make Ryan Tannehill perform, which he's been able to do consistently. And he's got his full receivers back. AJ Brown and Corey Davis are both are both healthy. With Johnu, with Johnu Smith is healthy too. What? And Humphreys is fine. Oh, Humphreys is out, but he's still got still got Corey Davis and AJ Brown and Johnu Smith and. It's a. I think Tennessee takes them. I'm not. I'm not. I think Chicago's first couple games when they were very early on and undefeated, fluke games, fluke wins. Like, like they came back against Atlanta. Atlanta shouldn't have gave gave that game up. Like, so I think Tennessee takes them. I think they beat them by ten. I say it is. I say it's or more. I'd say fourteen. So I'd say thirty-five to twenty. No, I'd say thirty-five to twenty-one. Yeah, I got I got Titans similar thought. I have them thirty one to twenty. And yeah, I think I think they take it. I think they they cover they beat the spread a lot more than you think. Yeah, five think, five five and a half. I like I like Tennessee. Yeah, I I think I think Chicago's not as good as everybody thinks, and Tennessee's a great team. And coming off that terrible loss against the Bengals, they're going to prove themselves and want to get back in. So. Yep. Next, we got uh, your Baltimore Ravens going to Indy to face the Colts. The Colts are three-point underdogs at home. Uh, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried mainly, mainly just because they have the number one run defense and Lamar is not playing. And Lamar is not throwing the ball as well as I like. And we are running well. We ran well against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which people were definitely probably surprised about. Um, but 
I I say we win just because I'm optimistic, but I am very worried. Our defense has been getting shredded by teams a lot easier than last year. Our our just like secondary getting destroyed, just straight up destroyed. Our front's looking good. Our front can stop the run and everything, but our secondary is just getting destroyed. And you don't have no Marlon Humphrey. Oh, he got suspended. Didn't no, he, he got well. He had, he got Corona. He got he got Rona. Dad, that's what he tweeted. He's my favorite he did, Twitter he account. He got Corona. We did tweet that. I thought that was a joke, but then I and then I was like, no, actually, I don't think that was a joke. But yeah, so we got no Humphrey. I I couldn't tell you even our backup is because we might have to move some stuff around. We have it decent, but we just haven't been playing Raven Ball like last year. I think. Because of the high expectation, because everybody's like, oh, we're just going to go like they thought we were going to go like 16 and undefeated. Lamar was going to go back to back. We we're going to go to the Super Bowl. I think Lamar is trying to play so perfect that he's just messing himself up. Yeah. He's trying to play so perfect where he's like, I'm going to put the ball here. I can do all this stuff. It's, I think at the end of the day, somebody just needs to go up to him and be like, yo, just play the game, my dude. Like, just play the game. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're trying to be too perfect. You're trying to be like, to like show off too much or like anything it's like just go out do what you've been doing do what you did the last two years the points will come on the board and we will be fine yeah I think everything you said was right this is a bad matchup for Baltimore though because you're facing the Colts defense statistically has been one of if not the best defense in football and no the Colts don't necessarily have a blistering aerial attack Phillip Rivers you know kind of a mixed bag but I like yeah. it I like Indy to get some stops I like their rushing attack looked great last week. I think we see a big game from Jonathan Taylor, and I I am gonna take the Colts in this one, twenty nine twenty four. I take the Ravens. I gotta take. I gotta take my Ravens. Oh, I totally get it. I take my Ravens twenty eight twenty four. Yeah. Yep, that's what I take them. It's gonna be a close one. It's it's again. I think it comes down to like a couple plays early on. I feel like it's gonna come down to a couple key plays that people are gonna overthink and be like, oh, that's not a huge play, but it's like one of those maybe in the first half or something like that. A couple plays in the first half where somebody gets points or some early points or just something like that. But it's it's gonna be a close game, and I am worried. But if we pull this one, I feel pull this one off. I feel like we got a great. A great rest of the season for the for the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, next one got the Carolina Panthers going to the Chiefs' kingdom. Kansas City is an eleven point home favorite. Uh, I have to go Kansas City, but you never know with Teddy Bridgewater because uh, McCaffrey's back this week, so you never really know. You never know how they're playing. They got McCaffrey back. You, he could be full. He'd go beast mode McCaffrey like he he could. Um, Bridgewater could play well. Robbie Anderson's playing well. Their defense looked like it was playing well for a couple games, but kind of fell off. And, I mean, got to go Kansas City, and I would because that offense just looks too good for Kansas City. I hopefully because I got I got Bell on my fantasy team. He does Bell. He does better this week. Hopefully, he gets some more reps in. But they are that is a stacked offense. Their defense is holding up. They do have their problems. I feel like more in the secondary, just like a lot of people do. But for the most part, if Teddy Bridgewater 
doesn't somehow figure out how to like throw behind that second pair, get it behind them, the Chiefs, I think, are going to do fine. Yeah, I mean, kudos. I really didn't think highly of the Panthers coming into this year. They've, all things considered, played pretty decent, especially without McCaffrey for the most part. But the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs are the best team in football. They got the, t- they got, uh, I mean, you can, whatever. They got an elite offense and their defense. It's been under the radar, but also incredibly good. So Chiefs pretty easily, 31-17. I go 35, 35-14. I think they, I think they win handily, and and again, it's McCaffrey's first game, so I doubt he really does anything. He's going against the cheat, the the Chiefs, so I feel like we see more McCaffrey the following week than this one. Yeah. Uh, next one, and I actually just changed my pick, um, because Matthew Stafford is going on the COVID list. Got the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings. As of before that injury, we're four-point favorites. Got to imagine that's climbed, but... Yeah, I go Minnesota. Dalvin Cook, it, it, at this point, it's just give the ball to Dalvin Cook. And if Detroit... Detroit's defense is not good. So, I... I Like you said, I imagine that the spread has climbed a decent amount with, that, with Stafford out now. But, for the most part, I would love to see... Um, Minnesota pass the ball more. Like you see how good Dalvin Cook is, and that's good. But I'd love to see how Thielen and uh, Jefferson do more. Just because I don't know, you can't rely on Dalvin Cook rushing the ball 150 yards and three touchdowns every every week. Yeah, exactly. I I honestly I liked the Lions when everyone was healthy. But the Vikings, I mean, the Lions, it totally impairs their offense. The Vikings, Dalvin Cook, I think, will have another good day. I think they'll win this one pretty easily. I got two touchdowns, 34-20 Vikings. I think I I have, I'll put 28-13. Next, got a, a nice little NFC East matchup. The New York Giants square up with the Washington football team. Football team, three and a half point home favorites. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd put that. I'd put that. But I, actually, actually, I can't say that. I go back. I think it's a toss up. This one's a toss up because it's equally bad teams who are coming off equally stuff, equally like just like losses, and they don't know how their teams are actually like developing and what they should do for them. All I know it's- is the NFC East is an absolute joke. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take the football team. I think I like their defense a little bit. I think da- I think Daniel Jones will do something idiotic that'll screw him up. <laughs> um, I will actually take the Giants just because I think they're more a complete team right now on on offense. That's where I go on it because yes, do the do the football team have McLaurin and Gibson and they look good sometimes and everything, but. I don't know. Their quarterback play is not looking good. Their O-line is not that good. And their defense is decent up front for the football team. But it looks like Daniel Jones, they throw the ball a decent amount of time. It doesn't look like they're going to they're gonna run it. And they have some decent weapons. Like Golden Tate's not bad. Sterling Shepard's not bad. Darius Slayton's back. And Evan Ingram. So I, I think Giants win by a field goal. Twenty. I think they win 2017. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be some form of a snoozer. 
Next, you got the Houston Texans. They're six and a half favorites on the road to a Gardner Minshew-less Jacksonville Jaguars. As, yeah, I would take I take Houston. It's, again, another game that's just kind of not where it's just like a whatever toss-up game, really, but because it doesn't really matter. But who without Gardner, it's, I think, Houston. Yeah, I like, I, I still like Houston in this. And in theory, this is a bad, this is overall a pretty bad Houston team. Although, you know, Deshaun Watson's a stud. I feel like for whatever reason, the Jacksonville Jaguars with uh, Jake Luton starting at quarterback, I believe, I think they're weirdly going to keep it within the spread and keep it competitive. So I'm saying 30 to 24 Texans. I'd say I'd say 28-21 Texans. I do think they will keep it close, but because um, they do still have some weapons on offense. It just depends how, yeah, how well this QB plays that nobody really knows about. And hopefully Deshaun Watson goes off. I'd love to see the dude do well because he's so good. Yeah, I feel bad. Didn't care for him at Clemson, but he, he's gotten a raw deal in the NFL, that's for sure. Yeah. Next, got the Las Vegas Raiders. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites in the bowl game between two teams that have moved recently against the Los Angeles Chargers. I like the Chargers in this one over uh, the Vegas. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm leaning Vegas a little bit in this one. I, again, it's a toss-up because they're, they're, they're both like equally matched teams. Like they both, they both struggle in like basically the same spots. But they're also pretty good offensive teams. But their defensives, they're both their defensive, they lack, but they still can make the big play that, that will help them win. But, yeah, I, I think because, I, but I, I like Herbert, so I'm leaning more just the Chargers because I like Herbert. I do have Keenan Allen on my fantasy team, and that dude's a dog. He's, like, that man catches, like, 12 passes a game. He's dog. Um, and I like their their style of offense, how they just play fast. So I, I like I like Chargers. The spread was what? It was it was like one and a half. It was essentially uh, yeah, even. A, I think I think a field goal. I think a last second field goal or something like that. I think Chargers win. Um, Thirty one twenty eight. Derek Carr has been playing pretty well this year, all things considered, with a lot of drama around him. And I think on paper these are two pretty evenly matched teams, but. I, first off, I just hate the Chargers, and second off, I don't even have to hate the Chargers. They always they do their best to lose games, so it's just it's it's a bit ignorant of me if I if I really took the Chargers. So I'm gonna take the Raiders. I, I got Raiders by like ten. Oh jeez. Um, next, uh, got the Miami Dolphins to a Tonga Vailoa expected to make his second NFL start against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh. Nice to see two playing. Didn't really do much last week. Got the win, but wasn't really because of him. So uh, I don't see him winning this upcoming game against at, at Arizona. I I like Arizona. They have a great team. I think they're clicking now too. They're getting in a groove. Kyler's getting a lot better. Like him and D Hopper have been doing very well. Um, Kenny Drake has looked. Kenny Drake is actually out, though, isn't he? No, Chase Edmonds is that? I'm not sure. I, I know they're banged up in some form. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't know if they're playing, but I know that K- 
Kenyon Drake seemed like he was doing a lot better. He started getting his stride a couple weeks. Edmund was playing better. Um, you always got the reliable Fitzgerald in there. Their team's looking good. Um, Miami has been playing a lot better, though. Um, but we haven't, again, we haven't really seen Tua do anything super special. He only threw for 90 yards in a touchdown last game, and the touchdown was a one-yard touchdown. So I mean, it, it's not like we really saw anything from him. But I do like that Miami team. They do look a lot better from previous years. They look like they actually care now more. They look like they actually want to win a game, which is nice. Like, like they they finally do that. And I, I'm a hot Devontae Parker. Kasicki is very good. Um, but I, I, but I, if I would have to go at the end of the day, I think Arizona beats them by ten. I say, I say they win. They, they win like. 24 to 14. Yeah, I I've uh I've been on the Cardinals bandwagon from before the season. They were kind of my big sleeper team and they they've been very good coming off a of bye week. I I love my guy Tua. I think he'll show a little bit more this week, not necessarily a great Cardinals defense, but the Cardinals offense, it it's almost like the Seahawks, they can basically score with anyone. So I'm going to take the Cardinals. Um I'll I'll say 29 to 20 Cardinals. And then uh, for Sunday Night Football, probably game of the week, you got the New Orleans Saints um, going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I like I like that on the Bucs. I do like the Bucs. I think they've been playing a lot better, and especially with a lot of their team coming back from injury and everything. Their offense is looking very good. Their defense has surprised people a lot more than I think I think a lot of people have believed and adding in Antonio Brown this week and Brady's looking good and especially and so I have I have the Bucks the same just because the Saints the injuries the injuries aren't like major but not having Michael Thomas to take pressure off you, you think I Thomas might be back this week but I don't I don't think Thomas will be back but if Thomas is back it will take pressure off, but I still think the Saints' defense is just not where it is right now. And the Buccaneers' offense has been rolling on people lately. Yeah, I mean, quite literally, I don't like the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers have been playing at an elite level. And I'm a, I'm a fan of the Saints. I, I I love Drew Brees. Not like a, like they're not my team. I enjoy watching the Saints play football. Alvin Kamara, he's a stud. But I, I like Tampa Bay, and this one should be a good one. I'll say thirty-four to twenty-eight Buccaneers. Yeah, I I'd say uh, thirty-one twenty-eight Bucks. And then for Monday night, uh, interesting matchup. Got the New England Patriots, um, touchdown favorite on the road against my New York Jets. Uh, this is this is very this is very interesting because that is a close spread on the game. And I think it's actually like reasonable because the Jets have been playing like uh, oh no the 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 Pats have been playing like garbage garbage they have been playing like garbage Cam has not been playing that well I get they have some injuries coming in but they're not solely like they don't really have any offensive weapons that you really like need or have Cam came in yes Cam is a good QB he's a little bit old and everything but 
having Edelman be your star wide receiver, your number one, like he is a good receiver, but you need him as a slot. And I don't, I don't think he's going to be playing this week. No, he's still hurt. He's been hurt most of the year. So, and you have, and you switch your running backs like almost every week. I feel like they go from James White, then they go to Sony, then they they go to James White, then Harrison, and then like Michelle's Sony's out. This Sony is out. Yeah. And then they, they have, got Burkhead. They they yeah. they have they have a stable of guys. They don't have. They have yeah. They have they have people that can play, but they don't have the star person. Like they said, their stars like Edelman. It's like oh, our star is Edelman. Yes, Edelman is a good receiver, and I do give him that. But he's more the slot and everything. They needed somebody else. They have Nikhil Harry in there. He's young. He hates. He's not the 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 first round draft pick that can make the total difference like a Calvin Ridley or some like or like a Justin Jefferson right now. Like he was hurt all last year. He's coming off that, but they're just not. Their offense is not clicking, and their defense seems very dysfunctional right now. They are not looking what they did last year, where everybody's this is the best defense, the best half pass defense. They are crushing people. They are getting burned pretty bad in the secondary. They're thinking about trading Gilmore to for somebody. Yeah. So, so they're they were there. I've heard talks like they were thinking about like trading away like Gilmore for a, for some picks or something like that. But yeah, it's crazy. They just I don't know something's going on with New England. Hopefully, you know Belichick. He's definitely probably looking into it. But I say New England wins, but it's a closer game than what it would have been last year, the last couple of years. So I've done some digging into this. You already hit on all the Patriots issues and stuff, so there's no need for me to really go deeper into that. Patriots have struggled. The Jets are an awful team. But based on the standings right now, obviously the Jets are the only winless team currently. If they were to win a game... They would actually move up a bunch of a bunch of slots because their strength of schedule is pretty high. So, be, knowing the New York Jets like I know, like I know the New York Jets, this is a game that they, in hopes of Trevor Lawrence, it will be nice for them to lose, keep on track, right? Yeah. And that's exactly the reason I'm gonna take them because it will just screw them up. And look, I ultimately it's almost like a win-win. Either the Jets win, so like they don't go zero and sixteen. Or, you know, it's one one game closer to T-Law. I like the Jets winning this. I think this, these are two pretty bad teams that are banged up. The Jets are clearly in the long game worse. But they're playing the Patriots at a tough time. The Jets, you know, shouldn't win a game this year. But I think they take this one. Something like 18-17 to 17 in an absolutely horrific Monday Night Football. <laughs> I say, okay, I'll put, I'm going to put Patriots winning... 20 uh 2017 end of the game type thing like it would it's going to be a terrible game i think they both score like a defensive touchdown that's where most of their points come from like yeah. i think it's going to be terrible yeah I'll, I'll i'll throw another one out there how about this I'll, I'll throw specifically uh the the patriots will be driving down 18 to 17 they're at midfield um so a little bit of time to go and they need a little bit to get into field goal range and former Alabama, former Alabama defensive tackle, uh, Quinnen Williams breaks through with a strip sack, and the Jets win the game. Yeah, you, you, Cam fumbles again. Yep, won't we'll, nice, we'll, we'll dive on it. A nice, a nice Cam fumble, and then he's going to try to, like, 
one-handed palm the ball as like a, somebody's jumping on his arm and say he can like toe drag it out and then run yeah or he just doesn't dive on and goes man i'll just take the loss and walk away yeah i, I mean all i know is that's that's gonna be an awful monday night game oh, I'm, I'm just surprised they put it like yeah, I mean, that's what the Jets are, will already have had two prime games. They played Thursday against the Broncos, which that was also a pretty awful game, where you ended up seeing Joe Flacco versus Brett Ripien. And then, I mean... My man Joe, my man Joe, won, me a, won us a Super Bowl. Mi- mi- Mr. Elite Joe Flacco. Yeah, the, and then we paid him $120 million to go, like, 8-8 eight and eight for the next three seasons, three or four seasons. Yeah, I mean, God bless Lamar. Yeah, I didn't even think we were going to draft him because we drafted Hayden Hurst. And then the last pick of that first round, we traded up for him. Because I don't think we would have got him with our second round pick. So we needed to trade up for him. Yeah, for sure. You have anything else to add before we uh, close it out? No, not really. Just it was nice time chatting, honestly. It's nice to talk football. Nice to do something with sports because it's pretty boring these days so sports is about the only thing we can look forward to yeah for real that's what actually right before we started this i put on uh ali nabbed me a one of the waddle house uh stickers from uh galettes oh man they so i the- i just i just put that uh on my computer no alabama this week they'll they'll uh beat lsu handily next week but um, as always, uh, check out the blog, the redshirt.blog, um, the Instagram, the dot redshirt, um, as well as the Twitter at the redshirt blog. Uh, that's all the shameless plugging I have. And, uh, that'll just about do it for this episode of the redshirt podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in.